Jordan. Ian. Who created the source code and now can't handle the consequences? Eamon Holmes. No! Two guys! What the- Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Two Guys What's Up. We are here again, having to gaze into the dead cloudy eyes of each other for yet one other hour while we shoot the breeze and talk some interesting facts. Wondering why we are not instead with our families enjoying the precious time that we have together. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) My name is Ian and I am joined by my card-snogging friend Jordan. Jordan, how are you today? Um, Oh, let's just say on a scale from 1 to 174, I'm about 93. So pretty good. Oh, very nice. I was trying to figure out what, what kind of actual percentage that was. So if rather than a number, you can just be like, yeah, I'm 95% okay. I'm not that good at math, so... No, me neither. <laughs> Being a drummer, I can count to four. And that's about all the maths I need. Well, sometimes you have six, eight, don't you? Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you can extend to nine, but that's when it starts getting to the realms of a bit, a bit complex. <laughs> Your brain starts just sizzling. <laughs> Oh, the drummer's getting a bit warmed. <laughs> Someone needs to get some water on him, cool him down. Oh, there's a bit of sweat there. <laughs> drummer's <laughs> overheating. I'm sorry, for anyone who is a drummer, I do apologise, I just take the mick every single time. I have to say that, without drummers, genuinely, music would be awful. Yeah, so you take it all back, Jordan. Actually, no, I, uh, I was just taking the mick there as well. <laughs> Actually, no, yeah, fuck you all, you're all idiots. <laughs> I much prefer campfire songs. <laughs> Maybe a cajon. <laughs> oh, I hate those things. Oh, the little box things you sit on. Yeah, I, do, I just don't understand. I mean, maybe maybe it's because, you know, I was self-taught and don't really understand a lot of other percussion out there. But I just, I just don't understand cajons at all. I, I just don't get how they sound good. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I'm still a little bit hungover, to be fair. I'm getting on in years, and going out for a casual drink doesn't slide off my back as easily as it used to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm all right. My, my arm's a little sore from my new tattoo that I got the other day. Oh, yes. This is a bit of a tradition, isn't it? It is indeed. I think this was actually the 10th year. Uh, so every year on my birthday, I go and get a new tattoo, and it's uh, slowly morphed into cryptids. So uh, I have things like a Bigfoot, uh, a UFO, a Loch Ness Monster. I have a little fuzzball <laughs> that was drawn that was supposed to represent my wife. Uh, but it started off It started off with a friend and I woke up on my birthday and we were still hungover from the night before. And we went to breakfast and he was like, what do you want to do today? And uh, back then we didn't have kids, didn't have mortgages, you know, real full-time jobs, really, or, you know. No responsibilities. That's the one, thank you. <laughs> so uh, he was like, why don't we go get a tattoo? And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and he was like, why don't I draw yours and you draw mine? Mm. And we won't look at it, we'll just get it done. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So we did that. <laughs> it's a shame it was on your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> it was my own face tattooed on my face. Yeah, so uh, we started doing that, and... Ten years later, I am still keeping up the tradition. Excellent. So is it only ten tattoos that you have? No, uh, it started maybe about year four or five. What, when you were in school? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Sorry, miss, I've got to take the day off. I've got to go get inked. (laughs) That primary education. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm not good at counting. (laughs) No, it started about year four, year five into the tradition. We'd still we'd still keep up drawing one for each other, but then we'd also choose one that we wanted. Got you. So we'd we'd get something rubbish, and we'd also get something that we actually wanted to get <laughs> less rubbish. <laughs> I feel really bad for my friend because he's an he's actually an artist, right? So all my drawings are fantastic, and his arm is just shockingly horrible. 
And everyone will look at him and think, yeah. wait, you're an artist. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing with that on your arm? I am absolutely shocking at drawing. And his arm is, is a true testament to my rubbish art skills. But uh, yeah, nice. uh, I feel sorry for him, but I think he's all right with it. It's like a walking portfolio. Yeah, uh, he's either all right with it, or that's why he moved away, to get away from me. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, do you want to have a look at my new tattoo? Yeah, please. Right, I'm going to I'm gonna slowly move the iPad over here, because I don't want to move away from my mic positioning. Okay. So I got them two little buggers. Oh, yeah, nice. What, so what are they? Explain that to me. I was, I was going to ask if, if you knew what they were. They are... Uh, can I just describe them to you, what they look like to me? Go ahead. So if someone can imagine a wooden clothes peg (laughs) with two dots on it. That's what they look like. (laughs) It is white, though. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, Right. For anyone that might know what it is, give them a better image in their head. If if you know what a Fresno Nightcrawler is, then that's what it is. Uh, No idea. What it is is a bizarre cryptid that was supposedly filmed... Uh, I think there was a couple of them in, in the original one, and it was just, literally, it looks like a body, like a, a human body, but just from the waist down. Ooh. So it's like like a ghost or something just walking, and it looks super creepy, like walking along this person's front garden. Got you. But they've become a bit of a, a cryptid, and a bit of a creepy thing, so that's what that is. And then the second one I got is oh, yes. my all-time favourite. Any guesses at home before Jordan sees what it is and ruins the surprise? <laughs> You'd have to shout really loudly, though. <laughs> Oh, that's awful. I mean, it's good. <laughs> Dude, but... it's your face. <laughs> <laughs> that looks really good, though. But that looks creepy as hell. It is, of course, an alien grey. Oh, can we stick these on Instagram? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Good idea. Yeah, stick it on the Instagram so people can have a look. Yeah. I might do. I might, I might show my entire arm. Okay, yeah, yeah. To be honest. By this point, because you will be a lord of Instagram. Absolutely, yeah. With all the experience, you can upload multiple photos and people can scroll through them. Oh, well, I'm, I'm far away from that sort of skill I think (laughs) (laughs) all you have to do is select multiple pictures (laughs) what's a select Uh, let's not get into it now multiple (laughs) (laughs) I can only do up to four (laughs) (laughs) after that I started to start irrigating myself jump in the shower and cool myself off So what are we getting up to today? Well, today we have a a super interesting show, to be fair. It's a a bit varied. We have a listener submission, actually, our very first. Oh, yes. uh, That was emailed in to specifically me, because the person that emailed it in is actually uh, your other half. It is, yeah. Your fantastic wife. I'll have to disable email or something. (laughs) Blocker! (laughs) Straight into junk. (laughs) But I must say, uh, just for anyone else out there, if anybody else has a paranormal experience or a joke or a story, an anecdote or anything really yeah. uh, that you would like read out on the podcast, then please send it in to us at twoguyswhatsup at gmail.com and uh, we will see what we can do. I'm uh, very much up for doing some funny stories from our listener fan base. That'd be very nice. Absolutely. And I think also... All six of you out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, it would make us happy, wouldn't it? And it's also massively interesting too. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. To hear other people's experiences is very, very interesting. I'll read it out for you all so you can uh, see what my curiously curated co-host wife had to say to us. Mm. It reads... Interesting listening. Fascinating to hear your experiences, Ian. But not yours, John. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one from me. The singular end, end experience there. That was very interesting. But I think I think she maybe said that because her experiences are very similar to mine. That is true. And also, if you need clarification on any of these, I have seen the email. Well, you could ask me because I've heard these stories. Okay, thank you very much. So, it reads... When I was 14 to 18, I used to see a figure like you described at the start of the episode. 
I can only describe it as a tall figure with a black cloak and hood up. Which is pretty much exactly what I saw. Mm. I would only ever see it when I was on my own in the house. It was always outside and I only ever caught a glimpse of it before it moved when I looked at it. I only ever saw it from the same living room window. Although yours, you saw throughout the house, didn't you? Yeah, mine just used to follow me about. <laughs> Probably heard what I got up to from that builder ghost and hoping to catch a glimpse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> when that woman was like, do you want them to move on? He was the only one saying, no. <laughs> yeah, leave me here. <laughs> Sorry, I'll continue. Now, what I find weird is that my mum also appears to have seen the same thing. I remember telling my mum that I would see this figure and she didn't really say much about him. I was absolutely terrified of the dark growing up and all the things that my brain would imagine that could possibly be lingering around. I now know that the reason why my mum didn't mention to me that she had also seen it was because of how scared I was of night times and things that my imagination would see. My mum had a medium round to the house without me knowing to see if anything was picked up. Apparently this figure was to cause no harm and was therefore protection. Interesting. Very interesting. It is. See, I just have one point, one thing that made me think when I read that initially, right? And that is, if something has been placed there to protect you, why would it be in your periphery and then disappear as soon as you look at it? Because that's obviously going to do the opposite and it's going to scare you. Yeah, unless there's some unwritten rule that we just don't know about, like, oh, they shouldn't see us. Well, why why even look at them then they can only be so far away can't they before they're not protecting you okay but why not why not just stand behind her at all times because that would be worse when you're feeling all that breathing on your neck <laughs> i'm sure ghosts don't need to breathe or i can at least hold their breath for ages i mean what's the worst are they gonna die <laughs> <laughs> again <laughs> so very true but yeah it just got me wondering like oh you're here to protect me but in doing so you're scaring the hell out of me yeah It's kind of counterproductive. Anyway, I will go on. Another incident occurred when I was two, which I also find pretty fascinating. Apparently, according to my parents, I was such a good sleeper, would always sleep through the night without a problem. That was until I was two. My parents tell me that we were in France, staying in a French chateau. I was on my own, in my room, and my parents were in the next room over. I apparently woke them up in the middle of the night, screaming my head off, invisibly stressed, agitated and frightened. And from that day on, until I was about 11, I never slept through the night again, or slept in my own room. I had to sleep in my parents, on the floor on a blow-up mattress, in their room. My mum thinks that something might have scared me that night, or some sort of ghostly creature graced me with its presence. Freaky. Looking at those two stories in comparison, what I'm thinking is maybe that uh, protector from the first story might have come in when that second one happened. Oh, do you think? Maybe. Possibly. I mean, you know, it's, it's all just speculation, obviously, but if something had scared her, you know, when she was two, maybe something was coming or had appeared to her and that protective spirit was then placed in place after that happened. So I get what you're saying. So it, was, it wasn't it was a thing until that moment. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. so this ghost was like, hey, I'm going to get you. And then someone was like, oh no, she needs protecting. Uh, Bill! Go! And he was like, I'm on my way. And he just like sorted down. And then your in-laws would have come in and been like, what's going on? And she'd have been like, Saurus, Booker. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> Bill comes in like Superman. Yeah, he comes on in, but obviously only gets seen by everyone's peripheries. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm thinking might have happened. Interesting. See, it seems uh, like it would, would have got a little there. You know? <laughs> that, that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense, no. It seems like that's the order it would have probably gone in. Yes. The penultimate paragraph reads, I'm still not a good sleeper now. I don't think that I'm necessarily frightened. I think I've just married somebody who seems to snort like an elephant, cross with a rhino, cross with somebody who's had their face mangled with a f***ing spade. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good description, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought she slept next to you, though. Not me. 
Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly how my wife would describe my sleeping habits. But In fact, could you please get your wife to write a paragraph herself and we'll compare them later? Do you know what? I think I will do that. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Imagine if it was word for word. <laughs> <laughs> the final paragraph reads... Right, this one, this one freaked me out the most. I'll explain why in a sec. But yeah, this is this is creepy. Uh, she said. Also, one more thing. My step grandma did a Ouija board, which predicted her son's death. Only years after his passing did she find the notes from the night she did the Ouija board, and it spelt out the date and boy dead. Oh yeah. It's weird, isn't it? That is super creepy. Because even if that is a coincidence, and it obviously could be, yep, yep. there is the option for that. It's a very unlikely coincidence. Absolutely, yeah. The, the, the chances of that happening would be astronomical for that to be coincidental. But the, the bit that freaks me out is that I, as a general rule of thumb, don't mess with things that I don't understand. So you don't do much in your life? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not much that will uh, invite spirits into my house anyway. No, I agree. Or, or predict deaths of people. Some people do Ouija boards just for a laugh don't they? Yeah, that, that's what I mean, like, uh, but people who don't know the rules of it, or the, the ritual of opening it and closing it down properly, and from stories I've heard, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I don't know, so yeah, I'm just saying from stories I've heard, it can invite some pretty awful things into your life, yeah. so it might be real, it might not be, I just choose to completely ignore it, not touch it, just in case. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In a lot of stories that I listen to, there's a lot of things about a lot of spirits and entities and things like that that are earthbound are all tricksters and the bad ones and the ones that are just literally out to be an asshole, essentially. Mm -hmm. So all these spirits that you speak to are never good, no matter what they say. And they'll tell you little snippets of information to make you believe that they are, but then they'll just do things like make you go on wild goose chases around the world searching for something which has no end, and it's just literally for their own entertainment and to waste your life, essentially. The p***s. The f***ing p***s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but there is one other thing, actually. And I might just slightly retell this a little bit incorrectly, because when I've heard this story, I've been a little bit tipsy, shall we say. Okay. So the the facts may be slightly off. When my mother-in-law was younger, she was with her family or her friend's family in Wales, and they were at a cottage, effectively. And her and her friend were sleeping in the same room together. You know, they were young in the early hours when they shouldn't have been playing games and stuff like that and having a good time. But throughout their stay, they would hear loud, heavy breathing from under the bed. Literally to the point where it's not anything else. It was heavy, laboured breathing Mm. coming from under the bed. That is one of the worst things. Yeah. And she swears by this to this day. They both said to each other, I don't want to look. And they decided on three, we're going to look under. Mm. And the moment they do, it stops. There's nothing there and, and it completely stops. But this is a recurring thing. And in the end, I think they ended up changing rooms or something like that. But that was also an experience. And I'll clarify that mother-in-law also saw this same figure my wife did. Yeah. It was to the point where she was on her own one evening and saw this really clearly. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if it was peripheral could have been going past their window and she thought this isn't good because they lived in can only describe it as like a country house so there was no immediate neighbors you'd have to be trespassing to be walking past right right so she thought oh god here we go i'm on my own Hmm. what do we do anyway she went around the whole perimeter and there was nobody there so very odd oddly enough i have a very similar story again uh, this was a long time after i used to see my creepy ghost guy <laughs> jogged my memory your wife's story because i was once sat in my living room in one specific seat 
And every single time I sat there, I could see my parents' bay window. And I was watching TV. The window was like just to the right of it, maybe a foot away. It looked like somebody was just walking past that window. And you'll know exactly where that is. Yeah, yeah. Because you've you've been there. But it was happening every 30 seconds. It wasn't like... Oh, right. Okay. It wasn't like every, you know, week or, you know, it was literally I was sat there. And people used to walk in front of that window to get to our front door. Mm. So the first time it happened, someone walked past, I saw the shadow. I was like, oh, someone's here. And then it was nighttime, so it's quite late. But there was no knock. There was nothing. I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. So I sat back down. Then it happened again. And it just kept happening. I was like, what the hell is going on? And then uh, my parents, they were sat in like the sofa opposite the window. And they were like, I just saw that. So they were seeing it as well. And it was just like, why is this continuing to happen? It wasn't like one of those things where you see and you're like, ooh, that was weird. Did you see that? Yeah, I think I saw that. It was like, yeah, we're watching it right now happening like every 30 (laughs) seconds. But again, like you'd watch and it wasn't there and you'd look away and then it'd flip past and you'd be like, God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, mm. very strange. Yeah. Fascinating stuff though. So anyone else that has one of these, please do share. Let us know. Yeah, please do. Absolutely. So enough of that spooky business. Moving on to what is coming next. A little later on in the show, uh, I have a quiz for my bum-biting bestie here <laughs> that will be testing the limits of his musical lugs. And by that, I mean ears, for anyone that doesn't know. But I'll explain more when we get there because we're going to listen to Jordan regale us with the tale of, I think, the time he fought off 30 penguins, was it? Uh, 31, I'll have you know. Hell, mate. Every time you tell that story, it always grows by an extra penguin. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Jordan is going to be talking to us about some stuff. What you got coming up, Jordan, man? Oh, yeah. Okay, so in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a rather niche topic, but one I think everyone will find interesting regardless. Okay. It's what I believe to be the most expensive, sought-after decks of playing cards in the world. Boring! <laughs> <laughs> No. So, way back in episode two, we hinted at this being a deck of cards named Jerry's Nugget. I have heard of it. And today, we're going to delve into the brief history of how much these cards really are, Mm -hmm. why they're so sought after, and to answer the question, how many of them did I have? Very interesting. I've always wanted to know the history. (laughs) I'm sure everybody listening has thought that very same thing. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure you've told me, but I have uh, forgotten, because it has been quite some time, so I am excited for you to tell me. Well, since I would have told you, which must have been ten years ago, like a brief history, there's been new information that's popped up, so I'm hoping this will refresh your ears. Here we go. So let's begin. Fantastic. Hit me. The Jerry's Nugget playing cards from the Jerry's Nugget Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada are highly esteemed due to their unique qualities and handling abilities. They were produced in 1970s. These cards were stored for 20 years in the casino's warehouse before being sold for a low price at the casino's gift shop for as little as 50 cents a deck. I wish I lived back there. But you have a time machine, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the maths of that, and that works out to be around £3 in today's money. Still pretty cheap. That's cheaper than a set of bikes. Yeah. So thousands upon thousands, uh, in fact, tens of thousands of these decks were sold at the gift shop. But it was thanks to the high-profile magicians and cardists that caused a major surge in the popularity and thus the price. Hmm. So one of the biggest influences included Dan and Dave Book, who I mentioned way back in episode three. They used Jerry's Nuggets in many of their productions at the time when they were not available to the public other than through the second-hand dealers. So you couldn't get them at the casino at that point. Right. So this, in turn, of course, set a bit of a domino effect. This increased their value tenfold and technically thousandfold. <laughs> but how much are they today is the big question. As with supply and demand, an unused, sealed, mint condition deck 
can, has, and does sell for around $500 online. You heard me correctly. So that's <laughs> over £300. For a deck of cards? Yeah, a, a deck of cards. And there's literally nothing special about them, in a sense. They're not, quote-unquote, magic cards or anything like that. It's yep. a simple deck of cards <laughs> that sell for £300 each. A larger container of 12 decks recently sold for $3,841 at an auction for the gaming memorabilia and playing cards. That equates to about £3,150 for a brick of cards here. <laughs> you could buy a cheap car for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that could help someone get a house. And that is actually despite the catalogue estimate for the auction being only, only, mm-hmm. set between two and a half and three and a half thousand dollars So it went way above. That's my, I mean, if I had the money, I'd probably buy them. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> so that that is absolutely insane. Though. So why have they been made to be so expensive these days? Well, you have to understand that every deck of cards feels different. Of course, everyone knows that every deck of cards can look different, but the difference in feel, whether that be the final finish to how well they're cut, like you'll know mm-hmm. from being a card handler that some decks are cut really rough on the edges, some decks yeah, are cut yeah. really smooth, some decks clump together, some decks are really slippery. Yeah. So there's a lot of different unique qualities uh, to the decks. And the fact is that these Jerry's Nugget cards, they were printed in the 70s, and that also means that they have an even more unique feel and handling because modern printing methods just cannot replicate that. They can't do it anymore. Hmm. So that's the paper stock it was printed on, the ink that was used, the machinery. None of that exists anymore. So even if someone wanted to, and they've tried, you just simply cannot replicate them. Right. I mean, I've, I've felt a deck that you have. Mm. And when it comes to feel, I always imagine they, they kind of feel painted, or like varnished, like yeah, quite Yeah, it's thick. not quite the finish of modern cards, is it? No, no. They do feel nice. They're very unique. I can see why people would be so after them. Yeah, it's a little piece of history, effectively. And in fact, <laughs> this is awful, me admitting to this. <laughs> I have once taken a joker and folded it in half. Oh. And when you do so, the paint peels. Oh, really? On the back. It's almost like it's not set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is set, of course, but it flakes away. It does feel very thick. That's what I mean. Like it's like, um, yeah, it's like an old sort of repainted and repainted wooden shed in a garden. You know, <laughs> that it feels really thick and smooth. But so, why did the casino sell all their cards off then? Well, from what I've gathered in research, the original decks were actually poorly designed for the original purpose, oh. which was to gamble with in the casino. Of course, makes sense. And that's because the finish on them, a bit like what I was just saying a second ago, was as such that a card cheater during a game could be dealt the cards and as they're looking at them Mm. use their fingernail to chip away a little bit of the ink on the back right so effectively marking the back design which of course they could then use to their knowledge you know if they marked all the aces all the high cards you know that could be a useful thing so that's why the casino got rid of them really how many did they sell I don't think there's any published figures, at least I can't find them. It sounds like there must have been a lot. I mean, well, I mean, I guess it depends because to say they're so sought after nowadays, but there must be a, a fair amount out there. I don't think they just had three in their guest shop, did they? <laughs> they would have after I finished with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. There were a lot of units sold. But all I do know, and this is the newly confirmed bit of information in the recent years Ooh. that I don't think I've mentioned to you, uh, that in the 90s, a French magician by the name of Dominique de Vivier bought out the remaining stock from the casino. Right. And he actually managed to negotiate, apparently, an even better unit price, which good on him. Eh? <laughs> and as he's French, I found a translated, and uh, I'm going to paraphrase this quote now from de Vivier. He said, I fucking love cards! <laughs> <laughs> well, <you> could, maybe. <laughs> he said, 
I asked the casino if they had more in reserve. Yes was their answer. There are about 100 boxes left, with each box containing a large number of cards, 144 decks. And he continues to say, but that's it. That's how it happened. In fact, in all this story, the most difficult, the longest and most expensive thing was to get the stock back to France. So it turns out that he shipped the majority of these back to France by boat. Then he stored them in his own warehouse, intending for them to serve as like a lifelong supply for him and his family. Right. uh, Just to enjoy them himself. That card hogging, card snogging, crispy creeper. (laughs) So eloquently put. (laughs) I agree, though. I mean, Erspo's good on him, really. You have to remember, back then, these weren't valuable. Of course, yeah. I guess he was just doing it because he loved the feel. Yeah, exactly. He liked the cards. He didn't know he was going to be taken away from other people because other people probably weren't after them. Exactly. Okay, I'll let him off then. Little did he know, 30 years later, he's on a gold mine now. Oh, absolutely. I do remember, actually, this Dominique de Vivier. There's a famous picture of him, and if you Google his name, I'm sure it'll come up in in the images. Hmm. It's him sat in a full bath with water and with what must be decks upon decks of Jerry's nuggets just kind of floating Good Lord. on the top of the bath. Just all that cash. Yeah. Almost literally down the drain. Yeah, yeah, quite literally. At least when he pulls the plug. <laughs> <laughs> and so with that, in the 30 years since the casino sold their final stock, we know for a fact that there were well over 14,000 decks that were sold to the public and De Vivier has all of those. Wow. That's a lot. So the question is though, how many in the world may still remain now. That was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, of course, with every passing year, a deck could be used, could be binned. We wouldn't, but it could be. (laughs) So, naturally, that number is going to dwindle and diminish to the point where they will not only be sought after for being hard to get hold of, Mm -hmm. but they will physically also be rare. Right, right. So do you think they're just going to continue to get more and more pricey? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, you don't have a crystal ball. Very true. Uh, it's, it's hard to say, but it all depends on supply and demand. So if people forget about them, no doubt they would lose the value. But to be honest, I think it's more at this point a big piece of history. Yeah. It's like owning a deck of Jerry's Nuggets is like owning a piece of artwork. Right, yeah. So it doesn't just mean something to someone who likes to handle cards. It is also something to historians or people who like gambling. Absolutely. Yeah, and and let's remember, this is from a Las Vegas casino, a a popular casino that's still open today. So people might even have some of these cards because they collect casino memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, very true, yeah. It appeals to a lot more people than just just as cardists. Absolutely. But I think we we appreciate it the most. Absolutely, Because it is what it is. But I always think of it's like owning a piece of artwork. Others may disagree, but for that reason, I'm confident that they will basically hold their value um, forever. But who really knows? But yeah, that's basically a little brief history of the Jerry's Nugget playing cards. Uh, why they're so expensive? Honestly, I think they're one of the most expensive pace boards in the world. <laughs> I can't see things topping that really, at least in how sought after they are. Yeah, yeah. They're almost a bit of an enigma. So, how many decks did you own? At one point, I had, I think it was forty-two decks. Wow! And that was maybe 10 to 15 years ago right. don't have nearly as many now if I did <laughs> I'd pay off a mortgage <laughs> yeah, I know you at least sold two to me so one yes. one of each colour so I am very lucky and very happy to say that I own one one each of those a piece of history but so how, how many have you got now then um Maybe just under a brick. So oh, really? So, probably so, nine something. So still a fair amount. Still a fair amount. Not nearly anything to what I used to have. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame. The decks that I do have, actually, are still in their original brick box. Oh, no way. Which still smells slightly smoky. Because, <laughs> of course, they used to smoke back then in the casinos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th- 
there's that kind of muskiness on them, actually, which uh, I think adds to the, the history somewhat, actually. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, well, I hope you enjoyed that. Look up Jerry's Nuggets on eBay and, and blow your socks yeah, off. Yeah, blow your own little socks off. <laughs> okay, so Ian, I'm ready for this musical ear-lugging quiz thing. Lugging. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. So, musical quiz. What I'm going to do here is probably a bit mean, but I will let you know that it was suggested to me by my pitch-perfect pal, so don't be thinking that I'm trying to embarrass him live in front of all our mums and dads that listen to this. <laughs> You big meanie. (laughs) No, I'll be honest, it was originally my idea. Not to show off or anything, because this could go horribly wrong. (laughs) Um, But it's really to test myself live on air and see if my hearing is really worth its salt. So I'll just explain. I'll I'll build a bedrock here. Okay. I I mentioned in the last episode that I worked out Stephen Lynch's albums. I did that by ear, and as well as quite a few other albums that I've submitted chords for to the world online. Yeah, which is an amazing feat. Well, uh, I mean, if they're correct. <laughs> I think I think they are, but uh, the act of this is called transcribing. So essentially, that's hearing something and then writing it down, hence the kind of scribing part. So let me preface this by saying that I do not actually have perfect pitch, like your kind introduction alluded to. Mm-hmm. But for anyone that doesn't know, perfect pitch is when someone can hear a frequency and say with certainty what that note is, or, or what note it's closest to. Yeah. It could be music. It could also be the sound of a car horn, uh, a microwave ding, anything, really. So, John, do a lot of people have perfect pitch? Well, to be honest, I've watched many interviews um, of, oh, I think of them as gifted individuals, but they certainly won't. And often they just recognise the frequencies like colours that we would see visually. Hmm. So, unless, of course, you, you're colour impaired, of course, um, <laughs> anyone can look at a colour and just be able to name it. You don't have to try, you don't have to you know, think, oh, I think that's a red. It just comes to you. So in the same vein, those with perfect pitch just know what a sound is instantly. That's crazy. It is weird, isn't it? But you do have to be born with it. Right. It's estimated, I mean, no one really knows, but it's estimated that only one in five people in every 10,000 have the ability. Wow. So it's quite a rare thing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not one of them, unfortunately. I mean... I was uh, going to say, you're not bad at it, because, I mean, I'm bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, many of those that have it, or potentially have it, mm-hmm. and not even musicians. So it just feels like a massive wasted talent anyway. <laughs> but It's like a guy with a ginormous penis not going into porn. <laughs> just, <laughs> just living a life of celibacy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just live here with my Pringle can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to move on from that just right now. Okay, so... Okay. Um, <laughs> Actually, I once heard a story of a musician who had perfect pitch. Um, He could Mm -hmm. play anything by ear. I think he was a pianist. But as the older he got, that perfect pitchness gradually shifted. So what I mean by that is, as his hearing deteriorated, he heard things a semitone lower. Oh, how annoying. So that that must have been awful. So you can imagine what he played, he would hear back as being a totally different register (laughs) in his mind. Right. I think it ruined him, to be honest with you. Uh, it would be like us seeing the colour red and being told, no, that's green. Right, right. Or green is blue or, you know, all of those things. Or your dad's your wife. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks, Dad. Well, your wife's a houseplant. <laughs> well, it is houseplant appreciation. <laughs> it is? 
But yeah, I'm, just imagine that that cognitive dissonance would be awful. Yeah, it'd be awful. Just so unsettling. Especially as you know, because you know about it, so you're constantly sort of knowing it's happening. It's like if somebody is colorblind, but they don't know they're colorblind, it's not going to bother them because they don't know. But exactly, then yeah. when they know about it, and then it starts to be noticeable, and it's not just something you can like be like, oh, I'll shut that out for now. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, it's all the time driving insane. The fact that you know it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Would be the killer. Yeah, absolutely. So, long story short, I've been playing guitar for 20 years now, done many transcriptions, and I enjoy the act of trying to find a chord or a note as quickly as I can. So, I've developed a pretty good relative pitch. So, what exactly is relative pitch? So, that's when you can hear the difference in pitch based on another. Hence it being relative. So, I've got a relative pitch because usually I would need something else alongside it to work out that new relationship and how similar or how different that sound is that I'm trying to work out. Okay, okay. And how do you do that then? It sounds a bit silly, but it is sort of experience, really. For example, sometimes I can listen to a song and hear it exactly as it is immediately. Mm -hmm. That's rare. It doesn't happen very often. Other times I can hear something and imagine playing along with it with my fingers, like like a shape. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not necessarily knowing what the pitch is. I'm just hearing and, and sort of imagining how I would play that. Right. If that makes sense. The relative movements harmonically. Oddly enough, as you say that, right, I don't know if this is just me hearing some things and joining them together in my crazy mind, but mm. that's how I actually remember phone numbers. Oh, like like the how you would dial it in? Yeah, so like I remember the dial tone of it and that's how I know where the numbers are. Oh, okay. So the actual dial tone, not the not the pattern you would input with your finger. Yeah, yeah. So like, wow. uh, not, well, not, not, I shouldn't say dial tone. I mean, uh, when you press the button, they're all different notes aren't they so i remember like and obviously i remember it always starts with 077 so i guess that's maybe like a tuning fork like my starting note <laughs> wow like the duh, duh, duh. and then i remembered like where everything else is based on the, the noises not the numbers that's interesting yeah so i can remember like a mobile number mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat because as soon as i put it in my mind remembers the 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 tune wow. that it makes. Oh, I would love to set something up where I get each one of those frequencies, put them out into <laughs> into logic for Again, you. it might it might have to be that I have some kind of relative, like you say. Yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> I suppose that is the same kind of thing though. Oh well fantastic. I'm a musician after all. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, continue, I interrupted. No, that's fine, no. Um I find I think that's really interesting. So when I'm doing the this relative pitch and transcribing, um I might hear something in and I think, Oh, that sounds like that chord. Yeah. And I know that only because in my head I'm linking it to maybe an existing song that I know uses that chord. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like what you were saying. I mean, that's for less complex songs, of course. Right, right, right. So I, I feel like I'm bigging <laughs> myself up when I'm saying this. It's not at all like that, but I'm just trying to describe <laughs> it. Like a simple pop song, most pop songs that you'll hear on the radio are not very complex in the nicest way. They're, they're just not. Yeah, yeah. And um, I can normally begin playing along with it. And then by the end of that song's finished, you know, three minutes in, yeah. I can normally just play along with it and I will just know it. And, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but if it was something like Bohemian Rhapsody or another hugely complex song, yeah, I've got no chance. You know, that's going to take me some time. I'm going to need pen and paper for that. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's also a lot of trial and error yeah. as well. I don't know if this is similar, but in drumming terms, but if I hear a song yeah. and um, like I hear like the intro, mm-hmm. you know, like say there's like a, an eight bar guitar intro or something like that. I can generally just, I know how the drums will sound. Yeah, no, that's good. Like, obviously, bar little, like, nuances, like, like, fills and stuff like that, and anything, you know, a little bit of flair they might have added in anywhere. The basic drum beat, I just know what it'll be. Yeah. And can probably, and can probably just then play along to the whole song. Yeah, but, I mean, that makes sense, because that that's 
how your mind functions, isn't it, in musically? Yeah, yeah. So, that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Whereas me, I struggle to think of a drum beat that would go under something. You know, I could probably find something with yeah, a little yeah. simple backbeat or something like that. But, hey, that's what makes the world go around. We're all different strengths and weaknesses and all that jazz. Absolutely. Some of us like chocolate, some of us like anal. <laughs> <laughs> Crunchies or bombs. <laughs> Oh, crunchy bums. Crunchy, oh, I love a bit of crunchy bum. <laughs> okay, so with all that information said and done and dusted, let's uh, jump into it. I think what you maybe had in mind might have been a little different from what I prepared because I'm an idiot, essentially. Because you're a drummer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, here's a note, what's this, darling? But uh, what I have done is uh, I have set up seven chords. Okay which I know the name of, so I'm going to play them to you, and I want you to tell me if you can tell me what they are. Can I use my guitar as reference, or do you want me to do this from just my ear? No, you can use your guitar if you want. Okay, I'll try not to. I'll try and, you know, make this quick. <laughs> but, um, okay. <laughs> but, the, the, I mean, part of the reason why I've asked you to do this is just because I thought it might be something fun and silly, but also I don't get chance to do this, really. Like, I can't ask a song, oh, is that the right chord? Yeah, yeah. So I can never get that definite right or wrong. But, um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. We'll see what happens, I just thought. We'll go for it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, if you're musically inclined at home, please feel free to play along. Uh, tell us if you got any right, or if I'm just an idiot and didn't play anything that actually meant anything. Uh, <laughs> and if, if you are not musically inclined, fear not, because I have also stuck in some odd facts for you. So uh, have a little listen. You'll hear some creepy facts. And Jordan, I've also got three questions for you. Oh no! Maybe maybe we shouldn't do this bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll absolutely be fine. Okay, right. So I am gonna find my notage. Okay, I've got my guitar, just in case. Smash him. I won't smash it. Right, so I'm going to be having to flip back and forth because uh, I don't actually know what these chords are called. So I've got them written down. Right, but. All right. Let's jump into it. Right, so here is chord number one, Jordan. Corden. <laughs> Jordan Corden. Sounds like I'm, I'm relatives to James Corden now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you are. And he's not popular. <laughs> Neither are you. <laughs> right. I'm I, I am, of I'm course, Jeffy. Right, let's go. Chord number one. Ooh. Right, so my first immediate thought is that sounds like F7, but I'll see... I'm I may I may as well just go right ahead and tell you that is correct. Nice, excellent. F seven. F dominant seven. The F stands for f yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, here is chord number two. Here we go, here we go, you ready? Ooh. That's dissonant as hell. Um <laughs> Is it possible for you to play it again? One more for good luck. I feel like I'm bashing my head against a piano right now. Am I right in thinking it's some sort of E-flat something? I'm sorry, you're incorrect, Jordan. It sounds like it's got a minor and a major in there, and it's <laughs> massively off-putting. It sounds like you've sat on the keyboard. Maybe I did. That's how I did these, so I don't know anything. I, I'm going to say no, I don't know that one. That is a C-sharp 9. Uh, is it? I don't think so. That's C-sharp 9. Drop an octave. That's not C-sharp 9. Who, who am I to argue with Garage Band, mate? Is it... It's not even C-sharp minor 9. 
I will find that after the fact, and if I do, I'm going to input my own little audio clip in there, just yeah, working you, out what You could is. just uh, spend the rest of this episode just correcting my chords. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm confident that's not C-sharp 9. Okay, hello, so this is Jordan from the future as I'm editing this. This is my little input here. This caused me a little bit of confusion, but now I realise what's going on. So I was thinking, Ian was saying C-sharp 9. That means it's a nine chord with the root of the note C sharp. And that's totally different to what the actual chord is, which Ian was really saying, which is a C with a sharp nine, which is a C root, not C sharp. A C sharp nine sounds exactly like C sharp nine. (laughs) So, yeah, this music theory is so easy. Anyway, I'm glad to have cleared that up, and I'm sure you are too. Back to it. Couldn't tell you what that is. Right, here's the next one for you. Okay. G or G5? Correct, G5, well done. Nice, G power chord. That's what they call me. (laughs) Have you met this G power chord? (laughs) (laughs) This one's a ridiculous one. Oh no. I think I'd do a little bit afterwards as well, so I might do a little bit of a recap. Here we go. Okay. You ready? Yeah. C sus two, ah, uh, C major nine. What I've got written down is C seven major sus two. So you were right on. Okay, can I get half a point, <laughs> mate? I will give you full points for that because that's a uh, good ear. Thank you. I'm just gonna say, just because I'm probably gonna do really bad at this, that I'm mm-hmm. already on the back foot because I've got less options than a piano for playing right. notes simultaneously. Very true. Very true. Right. I think this is another C. I'll give you that. But here we are. The next one. Okay. Okay, so my immediate thought is, ooh, it, it's definitely a minor chord. Uh, not what I've got written down. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, could you play it again, sorry? Oh, God, you bloody guitarist. <laughs> uh, C sharp sus two. C sharp major add nine. Oh, I'll call that wrong. <laughs> So on to the next one. One more time. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Well, Thank that you. was in F sharp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it sounds like it's an E something. It sounds like it's a like an E minor seven. It could be like E minor nine or something. Uh, you are correct. First time E minor seven. Nice. Do you know what I've just remembered that I forgot to do as well? Go on. <laughs> Added my interesting facts and my questions. <laughs> Right, so before I do the last one, I'm going to tell you my interesting facts. I'm going to blast through them. Okay, all right. Facts. Fact number one. Sloths can hold their breath longer than a dolphin. Oh, really? Yep, by slowing down their heart rate, sloths can hold their breath for up to 40 minutes, where stupid old dolphins can only hold them for about 10. Suckers. (laughs) Fact number two. In the Philippines, McDonald's serves spaghetti. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but why? I mean, nothing in McDonald's is remotely Italian. I think they add, like, uh, some sauce and, like, one of the chicken breasts chopped up and chucked on. Oh, I assume it's... Different cuisine, in it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it'll be freshly made. I don't think it'll be there with the eggs and flour. No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, my first question for you, Jordan, is, uh, what is your favourite position? 
Oh, standing? No, I meant chord position, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, that would be... Uh, God. The E-shapes. Dirty-minded <laughs> guitarist, man. All you, all you front men, all you think about is sex. Question number two. How hard can you finger? <laughs> <laughs> it, it can be hard, but I mean, I try not to be, otherwise it moves them slightly off pitch. Okay. So you have to be quite delicate. Fair enough, right. So, uh, fact number three. Lobsters taste with their feet. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. It feels like it's a setup to a joke. No, that's it. <laughs> Thanks for sharing this, <laughs> this wealth of wisdom. <laughs> Question number three. Okay, go on. What's your favourite way to strum? <laughs> this is such a your mum joke, isn't that? <laughs> I mean, with, with, your, with your hands or with a plectrum? I almost always use a, a pick. F***ing guitarist, mate. Disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. Right, so... Well, hey, at least I'm not doing this guitar hero thing on my wife's back. <laughs> that is completely innocent and a way to help me sleep, okay? <laughs> Your poor wife's like, well, he just stopped so I can sleep. <laughs> You're blissfully snoring away like a whale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my last fact is... Okay. Before toilet paper was invented, Americans used to use corn cobs. Used to use what? Corn cobs. Cotton cobs? Corn cobs, like a corn on the cobs. Oh, I honestly thought you said cotton cobs or something <coughs> like, what are cotton cobs? <laughs> so, corn on the cob- yep. cobs, they used those? Yep, which is where I think animal dildos were invented. <laughs> those pesky Americans. <laughs> Someone's doing a little bit of a wipe and then just accidentally got the angle wrong and went, <laughs> Oh! <laughs> These corn cobs have got more than one use. Oh, God. Well, that was an interesting episode of Dragon's Den, wasn't it? <laughs> I need ten pounds <laughs> so I can buy more corn on the cobs because we go through ours too quickly. <laughs> Amazing. Right, on to your last chord. Okay. This is going to be an awful one, isn't it? It is pretty grim. It's yeah. not going to be like C major. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not going to be like a little D flat. It's uh, horrid. You ready? Okay. All right. There's definitely that note on the top. Do you have one that's arpeggiated? I do not know. This is your final test, and you have to do it from only the chord. All I can hear in the top is that. I'm going to guess, is it augmented? It is augmented, yep. It sounds like it, but I couldn't... Is it an E augmented? Sorry, Magical, that is incorrect. It is a C augmented 9 with a sharp 9. Excellent. That is a lovely guitar called to <laughs> That's when I grow my extra two fingers. Yeah, it starts out like this. Uh, yeah, man, I got this uh, new song. goes like this. You're out the band. <laughs> <laughs> you are fired. This is like a shitty episode of Alan Sugar, isn't it? <laughs> The Apprentice, that's all. Yes, that's the one. Fantastic. <laughs> well, that was great fun, wasn't it? I'm sure the audience would have loved that. Absolutely. Please let us know if anybody got them at home. I know a few of our friends listen to this and they're quite musically minded, so if any of you guys got that, <laughs> please let us know. Or if anybody else just thinks I'm an idiot, please also let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan, I will take a proper look at that other proper website which plays actual chords and uh, we might revisit this at some point in the future. Because, okay. yeah, I think... I would probably need perfect pitch for what you just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I'm going to add both hands and my right foot to this keyboard. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> there's actually, just before we wrap things up, there's um, yeah. a YouTuber who's gained a lot of popularity recently called Rick Beato. Okay. And his son has perfect pitch. Hmm. And he's a musician, I should say. He was a producer, I think. And he also plays his own instruments and did a lot of uh, big time recording with artists. Anyway, he's brought his son up and his son has got perfect pitch. And wow. he can have his dad play something, anything on the piano. Yeah. And his son will, like, vocalise the note pitches as he hears them. And he's like, E flat C, B, uh, you know, like, and he will spell out the chord and then say what it is. And it is absolutely incredible. But he doesn't do music himself. So, again, wasted talent. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, like, what look that a musician would have a son that can do that. And then he's a musician. But if he's not a musician, then... Just... What waste? Yeah. And he's also called Lennon. Uh, what? Yeah, so, you know. What does he actually do? Is he like a cheese packer or something? <laughs> I think he's only six. Oh. <laughs> so maybe. <laughs> well, to be honest, I got into music when I was like 12, so there's still time. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But I think the least that he uses it, he will probably lose that. Yeah, yeah. And if he's not that interested, he'd probably be more inclined to not use it. Yeah, so it'll only one day be as good as me, really. yeah. Poor guy. Pretty shocking, to be honest. <laughs> You're out of the band. <laughs> it's all right, I quit. <laughs> but I think that about wraps it up for today, does it? I think so. So, if you would like to talk to us, have a look on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email. The links are... Shut up, you. Interrupting my perfect outro. Find us on the socials. All the links will be in the description below. Please, if you would like to, go on to Spotify. Do they have a thing on Spotify where you can like rate? Because I don't use... I believe so, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, you think you can. You can also leave reviews. Perfect. Yes, please. Do the whole five stars if you like us. If you don't, just leave us alone, please. <laughs> don't ruin us. <laughs> please don't put one star. Yeah, please don't put that. Don't ruin Comment. us. Comment. Shit. Yeah, Jordan is shit at hearing music. I'm sick of it now. Goodbye. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, please give us a whole five stars. Do a a nice, lovely review. If you would feel so inclined, that would be very lovely and we'd be very helpful. No, we'd be very thankful. You'd be the helpful one. I'm very tired, by the way. My son kept me up all night last night. Still feeling hungover too. Yeah, everything is just compiled into one big mess that is my life. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely evening. It's February now, so... Coming up towards spring. Yes, hopefully the spring is... Sprunging. On its way. (laughs) Sprunging already. (laughs) Man, what a terrible outro. Yeah, sorry everybody. Thanks for listening. Yep, I blame Jordan. Everybody does. (laughs) Have a lovely evening. I will see you all next week. Goodbye! Bye!